Every day, I get to come on the airwaves here on one of the most listened to stations in America, and I get to follow two people that help make it one of the most listened to stations in America. Two people that have just monstrous ratings. I got to look at the ratings yesterday morning and again for the month of February, essentially from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., our station is just totally dominant. I mean, it's not as if come 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. we're doing poorly. We're not. But the ratings dominance that our radio station has showcased at night is extraordinary. And in some respects, I have kind of an easy job. I come after two people that have built an enormous audience, and then they say to me, try not to chase everybody away. You could chase a few of the people away. Just don't chase everybody away. They also happen to be incredibly nice people. And, you know, being in this overnight bubble where I really don't interact with many people, they're two of the few people that I interact with on the station each and every day. Very, very pleased to welcome Veteran, award-winning journalist, best-selling author, and host of The Rita Cosby Show. Heard every night from 10 p.m. to midnight here on WABC, Rita Cosby. Hello, Rita. I'm thrilled to be with you. And I just said to you, I'm always wide awake and I'm always listening to your show, so I might as well be in the studio with you here. You well, know, it's I, awesome. I'm so glad that you agreed <laughs> to stick around. And uh, my friend for uh, about 20 years, a veteran broadcast journal journalist covering New York politics and a WABC radio talk show host every night at midnight, Dominic. Dominic Carter. Hello, Dominic. Good morning. It's great to be here with you, Frank. Well, it would be even better if we could uh, if we could get Dominic a working <laughs> mic. I mean, try, how about now? Uh, can you hear me now? No. Well, all right. You try know, to, try not. How about one last time? One more time. All right. Uh, there we go. There you go. There Third time. There we go. Uh, thank you both for coming in. Let me congratulate you both. I don't know if you've seen the February ratings no, yet. No, we're learning but it from you. This is breaking uh, news. I, I'm sure our owner <laughs> will be taking out one of his uh, patented ads uh, again soon. But uh, again, um, all three of us, the number one talk show in the market, not just the number one news talk, but you incorporate sports talk. Uh, lifestyle talk, AM, FM, we're doing really well. So it's a real honor to be able to, I'll, I'll say, serve with each of you guys every night. Well, you know what? You bring in pizza. You have not served me enough. I'm waiting for lobster and champagne, you know? Okay. So, so talk about service. Come Did on. you see that story on the price of lobster? Lobsterflation is a real big problem. So we, you may be waiting a while. We may have to do even better. We have to wait for our ratings bonus to kick in before we start doing lobster. Now, um, selfishly, I'm going to begin by asking you both about something that I'm sure in your decades worth of broadcast journalism you've dealt with here and, and again. I all day have been in search of my voice. I've been battling laryngitis. I know each of you, I'm sure, has dealt with this from time to time. Give me some secret remedies. What are your secrets? Um, I usually do a one-handed cartwheel, and then I'll do a push-up, and then I do a backflip, and somewhere around there, my vocal cords have stretched enough. I think, I can't speak for Dominic, but speaking for myself, I, I think seeing you do all those things would actually cure me of whatever ailments I have. I actually still can do a one-handed cartwheel. I actually did do it not that long ago. I, I think that's and, a way to jump up our, uh, our YouTube hits if you... Uh, I'll have to do it sometime. Do I'll have to. Yeah. But you know what? I think I think, to be honest with you, there's a lot of old remedies. I do a lot of old school. Uh, both my parents were sort of into homeopathic, so I'll try to do mm-hmm. sort of healthy. I'll stay away from salts, um, stay away from bubbles. Um, as Dom knows, um, one of the, we always like, you know, we all love each other so much here and work together and do, uh, you know, I yeah, think you guys have like this secret money handshake. I used to think you were exchanging contraband oh, or bucks. money or uh, drugs or something. But I give him, we, we share, I, this is how night. much I love Dominic. I always give him a cough drop because I always, the word on the street is I have the best cough drop. So I always keep a <laughs> cough drop handy, as you can tell. Um, and I, I just think keeping lubricated and the key is, and this is the hardest thing in talk radio, don't talk, that which is, is a struggle. killer for me, as you can tell uh, same, in life. Same here. Dominic, <laughs> any secret remedies beyond the one-handed cartwheel not lubrication really, method? Not, not really, <laughs> but uh, but I, I do, I want to go backtrack to the uh, ratings thing first, right? So we are very, very fortunate, very fortunate. And so, uh, you know, it starts with what Bill O'Reilly and he, he brings great numbers and then Rita comes and she does great numbers. And then it's on me where I'm not supposed to lose any listeners and I'm supposed to keep them. And then I pass the baton to you. How some way we have been able to be successful at doing this. 
And obviously it goes without saying a huge thank you to our owner, John Katsimatidis, for giving us all this uh, opportunity and for putting us together like and, this. And for, for, for John Katsimatidis, Marco Katsimatidis, Chad Lopez, uh, uh, Matt, mm-hmm. for coming up with this lineup, you know, in terms of the order that they have us. Yeah, no, no doubt about and it. So, But I do want to admit this one thing. One thing I oh want to admit. See. That I don't think people understand that we are under enormous pressure to deliver, period, full stop, end of story. At the end of the day, it's informative, but this is a business, mm-hmm. and it's a business of ratings. And we also all care so we tremendously, do. too. I mean, I feel like, you know, genuinely, I think part of the magic, if you will, is that, A, we all love, we're all news junkies. We all love what's happening in talk radio. We love sharing it. We love our listeners. And we really do care. I mean, I'm thinking, I know you guys, too. I'm listening to you, unfortunately, so I never get to sleep. And, of course, <laughs> so I'm listening I. to Dominic, right. right? So we're like, you two guys keep me up all night. And then, of course, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, okay, who should we have on the show? And But it's because we love what we do. And mm-hmm. I hope that that translates it. Oh, no, on I think it certainly too. does. Uh, but, Dominic, I'm not letting you off the hook without a laryngitis <laughs> ma- remedy or tip well, here. What do you I, have for I, I have bad allergies, so I have to get weekly shots, two shots in every arm. And I'm like, doctor, I keep having a, a phlegm in the throat. And she's like, well, all I can do is is give you the an, an allergy, doctor, uh, give you the steroid shot. And I'm like, oh. And so I, I couldn't get the shot today, even the steroid shot, the, uh, all, all for the sake of having a broadcast voice. See, if I would have picked one of our hosts that was on steroids, I would have said Sid Rosenberg, <laughs> not you, Dominic. Never, you surprised me. We just you surprised me. We just learned. Look well, how pumped I, up he is. It's you, true. He's not just my friend; he's my bodyguard. <laughs> well, I didn't have I didn't have the shot yet, but um, you know, we we have to protect our voices all day long because no voice, no no show. Oh, you know? that, that is for sure. Uh, let me ask you both about this Ukraine situation. Both of you have been doing a great job covering that. Rita, I know you've uh, interviewed all the experts. Uh, James Carafano yesterday. You had uh, General Keene on recently. You've been all over this. Uh, Dominic, I know you've been, you know, uh, playing traffic cop as you field all these view- dueling views on the question of what's happening in Ukraine from your callers. Tell me, where do you think we go from here? How do you think this all ends? Give me a projection of um, where the next month or two goes and if you think this will be over in a month or two. I think it's going to sadly drag on for a while. Um, and it's really painful for me personally to see it. And I, I'm both of you guys have known me a long time. I'm always very honest with all our great listeners. Um, for me, it's, you know, I think of my father. My father was one of those young guys with Molotov cocktails in Poland. Freedom fighter as a teenager, throwing them at tanks like the guys are doing in Ukraine now, outmanned, outgunned, but fighting with everything they had. And my father lost 90 percent of his unit, was one of the lucky ones who survived. Um, but so I think of this fight for freedom and and just it's an amazing story of this David and Goliath. And I just have my my hats off to the people of Ukraine. And I just think with Putin, who is a madman, and I've even talked about the equivalent of sort of the Hitler, you know, modern day Hitler, um, this personality and the new news that Dominic and I were talking about, um, both of us on our shows earlier tonight, that the spokesperson from, uh, you know, Moscow from this is the right hand guy of Putin, Dmitry Peskov, who's been with him for years, mm-hmm. basically said, you know, nuclear is not off the table. You know, if there's some existential threat to us, guess what? We're going nuclear or chemical. It was very calm the way he said it. And I think, sadly, I hope it's just blustering. I hope it's bluffing for the world's sake because we all want peace. But we're dealing with somebody who is now feeling his back against the wall. He's embarrassed that the Ukrainians haven't surrendered and they're not surrendering. They have that fight that my father had years ago. And when I hear and see this, we're dealing with somebody who has no limits. And I think that there'll be a lot of back and forth before I'm praying there's some breakthrough, but I'm not that confident that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to lead the the world to freedom, 
you know, and find some breakthrough this week. I wish that was the case. You know, I, I've been critical of President Biden, and I certainly didn't vote for him. But I do think, and I said this when I was filling in for uh, Sid on the morning show the other day, I do think that uh, Biden gets some credit for resisting some of these bipartisan calls to establish a no-fly zone, because especially with the kind of rhetoric from the Kremlin that you're talking about, uh, from my point of view, a no-fly zone is a, a recipe for ratcheting up the temperature and ratcheting us a lot closer to nuclear war. What do you think, Dominic? I agree with you. Um, and I, But Rita made some very, very valid points. And let me just ad- address first, how does this end? What I'm hoping for, what I'm praying for, is that uh, through some backdoor effort, uh, diplomacy, that we wake up one morning and that someone was able to give Putin something that he wants to stop this. That's what I'm hoping for. A face-saving, some sort of yes, face-saving measure. Yes, a face-saving yep. measure, because his military is not as strong. At, he sold us a bill of goods on how strong his military is. They are being exposed right now for their weakness, the Russian military. So that's my best-case scenario. Well, it was interesting to see Zelensky yesterday come out and say that they would, put uh, joining NATO, take it completely off the table if that puts an end to ho- mm-hmm. the hostilities. Mm-hmm. So uh, fingers crossed, and I'm going to revisit this a little bit more with George Beebe at 4.30. But, Dominic, I know most of your career over the last 30, 40 years or so, you've you've covered politics, mostly American politics, mostly New York politics. How different has this whole experience for you the last month been covering international affairs, which I know you've done a bit of, but certainly I don't think as in-depth as you've been doing over the last month. How different has that been for you? It's a little different, but politicians are personality driven. And whether it was Netanyahu in Israel or, or you know, when he was in power or Putin and Russia, it's still personality driven. And he is a, he comes across as an absolute madman. I've covered a couple, not, not to that extreme. Don't look at Frank when you say that, by the way. (laughs) And so, so it's, it's, it's covering his personality and Zelensky is winning the war, the public opinion war as the good guy. And I know that has to be driving Putin Absolutely insane. So, Rita, it does seem like the whole West, maybe even beyond the West, has subscribed to the same narrative, which is that Putin is the aggressor here. Putin is the villain. I do want to ask you about what we've seen at, uh, you know, in different international sporting federations, different opera houses, where we see actually Russian athletes and artists essentially being canceled unless they themselves renounce Putin. Do you think that's appropriate, or is that too much to ask of an athlete who has no control over an autocrat where their family may still live? Yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting. I saw a poll, um, I think it was in the last day or so, that 90% of the Russians support Putin, by the way, because some of them have been very courageous and also protesting in the streets. But it's really tough to go out there, even if you, you know, imagine someone calling and saying, hey, do you support Putin? You bet, you know, especially if you're if it's a polling call. Um, but 90% of them also don't support the war. Mm. That I thought was really interesting. So to your point, I think it is a little hard when it's an athlete who's trained his whole life, who hasn't been engaged in politics. Um, but I also, on the flip side, think that the U.S. and Joe Biden, I think they absolutely should have taken the lead and banned Russian oil. That was blood money. I've always said that that money was funding the Russian military machine. And he was one of the last people to do it. It was a lot of other countries, a lot of places. Trudeau, Trudeau, who's been, you know, trucker Trudeau, you know, um, he led the charge. He was ahead of them. although Europe's still um, buying Russian energy. Yeah, some of them are. Some are not. Some are not. But still, he didn't really take the lead on that. So so I think. I think there's other and then you got the deal with Iran, too, where they're like funding, you know, I mean, they're getting Russia to broker a deal with Iran. So we're sort of in one hand, we're banning athletes and then yet we're doing a deal with Russia. It's like it's a lot of it is politics. and A lot of it is show. Tell me about this panel that you're doing right here at noon on Thursday. I know the video is going to be at WABC radio dot TV. Uh, people can listen to it at WABC radio dot com. What is it exactly? Yeah, this is going to be a blockbuster panel and we put it together very quickly because of, of events that are happening. Of course, Thursday is the big day in NATO, and let's pray 
that, you know, President Biden and NATO comes to some solution, finds some face saving measure or something comes about. Um, but we are going to be doing on WABCRadio.com. We're also going to be streaming it and showing it afterwards um, with the consuls from Ukraine, consul from Poland, consul from Estonia, who was one of the first to call for the no-fly zone, um, consul from Slovakia, um, and also the basically Vatican ambassador um, to the U.N. And Zelensky spoke to the Pope a couple hours mm-hmm. ago. So these are all really key Consuls, active ambassadors and consuls so who are be right in the Thursday thick of it. at noon, Thursday at noon. And it's going to be live on WABC. And what a day to on have radio on and radio on the website. Yeah. So make sure everybody tunes in the, the website. We're going to be doing highlights later and the full thing later. But you can definitely listen to it on 77 WABC radio. That'll be great. It's going to be fascinating. And it comes as we're also doing a big drive. Um, led by John Katsimatidis, our great owner, and Margo, of course, um, raising money, humanitarian efforts. John has been willing to match it also uh, for the first 25000 He's actually going to match it one-to-one, oh, wow. one, which is really great, 100%, 100% of the proceeds Wonderful. going to help humanitarian. Do people donate through the website? They can go to the website. It's already up, and it's wabcradio.com slash donate, wabcradio.com slash donate. And people can donate and all the proceeds are going to humanitarian efforts for the Ukrainian people. That is great. I mean, whatever people might think about the idea of military aid, when you see people losing their homes like this, forced Uh, to flee, innocent people dying uh, for a war they never asked for, humanitarian aid is is certainly needed now more than ever. Uh, We're going to take your calls throughout the hour, 800-848-9222. When we come back, I want to ask Dominic and Rita a little bit about the crime situation New York is experiencing. What's the solution? What's the politics of that situation? And... Could uh, New York's least favorite former governor be planning a comeback in the coming weeks? This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano here with Dominic Carter and Rita Cosby. Straight ahead. WABC. Frank Morano. 
don't blame bail reform is not surprising. It, it's, you, you know, that that's what you would expect. It's sort of like him. when you know what answer you're looking for. Exactly. You, you can come to a report that it, says exactly. that. Exactly. The fact of the matter is, listen, you can defend keeping the status quo the way it is, but people are dying, literally, and something has to give. And so I give uh, Governor Hoku credit for coming forth with her 10-point plan. Now, the legislature, in all likelihood, is not going to do anything about it unless it's tied to the budget. But so, so, so we'll see, but I give her credit, Frank Rita, something has to get done. We cannot continue along this path. I don't care what report you come forth saying that, you know, that it's a good system, the new way. It's not a good system. Rita, uh, what do you make of the people, the legislators, the controllers, some people in the media, they're saying bail reform is being unfairly blamed for the uptick in crime because they point to other cities that have seen a similar uptick in crime that haven't done this sort of a bail reform. And what do you think of what Governor Hochul's proposing here? Well, I think, well, first off, on Governor Hochul, I think I'm glad she's coming through with her 10-point plan, um, but she still also has over Alvin Bragg. And she's kind of trying to have it a little bit both ways. Again, it's also election time. She's got a primary coming up. She's got, you know, the, the general, we'll see what, who comes into the primary too. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening at the same time, but she also oversees the DA. And remember early on, she met with Alvin Bragg and I talk about it, you know, on 77 WABC. I mean, I think Alvin Bragg is like the poster boy for like giving criminals a free pass and George Gascon too. Same thing. I've I had the deputy DA under George Gascon under my show who's pushing for a recall because he couldn't believe what he was allowing to go through. And these are repeat offenders, violent repeat offenders. These are not like they stole a little piece of candy at a store. These are violent offenders. So she had a chance to go to Alvin Bragg, had that meeting with him. And afterwards, she said, I'm, quote, cutting him some slack. So I say, you know, okay. First of all, I don't think that was the right answer at that moment. Um, crime is skyrocketing. There's no question across New York and many major cities across America. And it can't help that you're giving them a free pass. Anybody who has handled crime cases, um, and I have interviewed many people behind bars, all of us have in our careers, you can't say, okay, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you know, there is no way that not teaching them a lesson and not getting tough love and the sort of broken windows theory that we saw from Bill Bratton, letting them know early on there are repercussions for their action, stopping that process in its tracks early clearly sends a message. And I don't think it helps. And I think Brian Landers, absolutely, as Don was saying, I'm sure he got elected for that policy. So did Alvin Bragg. So did Maya Wiley, almost a heartbeat away at one moment from being mayor, remember, early on in that wave. Um, But that is not helpful, I don't think, at a time. And New Yorkers want to feel safe. And it certainly doesn't help. You have to care about the victims more than the criminals. Yeah, You mentioned the upcoming primary election for governor. One of the people that's running for governor squarely to Governor Hochul's left is Jamani Williams, New York City's public advocate. He was talking about bail reform. He's one of the folks that uh, believe bail reform is being unfairly blamed for the uptick in violent crime. New Yorkers have a right to be angry and they have a right to be afraid about what's going on. The high profile cases that people bring about generally we find out had nothing to do with bail reform and even some were bail eligible and judges didn't set the bail. Uh, Dominic, you talked about how Brad Lander and um, Alvin Bragg sort of rode that criminal justice reform strategy to big wins in the primary last year. Is that a scenario that Jamani Williams can ride to the Democratic nomination this year? No. I believe uh, Mr. Williams is running for name recognition. You have a number of elected officials that when they can have a free run, and we all know a free run means that you can keep your current job because the election cycle does not match your reelection bid. So that means you could run for another job right, without, giving up and, your seat. without giving up your seat. And so Jamani Williams is, and frankly, you know, he, he went from being a minor player in politics to public advocate. So, so you have to give him credit for the name recognition game. But beyond that, 
I, I don't I don't see much at all at all. I, I don't see any scenario, not a single scenario where he could win the Democratic primary for governor. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Roberts in Philadelphia. Hello, Roberts. Hello, folks. I thank you for uh, thank you for letting me call real quick. Nine to two was always a big hole for me. I'm in my car all day. I'm dependent upon my radio. And you three saved it. I look forward to 9 to 2 every night to listen in, sometimes call in. Some of the best talk radio I've heard, and I've heard them all going back 30 years. I just wanted to say thank you, guys. Enjoy your success. You've earned it, and I'll be listening tomorrow. That's very kind, oh, Robert. The only problem is you. we need you to stay listening until 5 a.m. You can't you can't go to sleep at 2. And make sure you start at 10 p.m., okay? Robert, we love your calls, by the way. Robert calls in. Robert, you give us some of the greatest calls, too. We love your opinions. I, I, I'm sorry, Robert. I appreciate you guys. I very much appreciate you guys. Hey, Frank, you you know what's very, and Robert, we appreciate you. You know what's very interesting about the conversation we're having right now? This is such a competitive business, Mm. radio, where either one of us at this table could fall off and in all likelihood may fall off at some point in the upcoming ratings. And so the fact that we're all doing exceptionally well, you know, we, we, we got to enjoy this moment and we have to say thank you as you both did to 100%. John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis that came up with this lineup and, and Chad Lopez that came up with this lineup. But, you know, we, we, we're trying to enjoy the moment because, you know, the next book, anything can happen. That's right. Uh, you're only as good as your last game, right? Or is your, or your last ratings book. Let me ask both of you a little bit about your professional journeys and getting here. Uh, Dominic, obviously your career on um, New York One, on RNN, elsewhere, very well known. Rita, your work at Fox and MSNBC, elsewhere, very well known. But most of the work that you've done in broadcast journalism has been sort of as straight news reporters, delivering the news, doing compelling interviews, telling people what the news is, making news with newsmakers. Now I listen to both of you about three hours every day, and you do a substantial amount of giving your opinion. Was that a difficult evolution for you to make? So having spent so many years trying to be sort of a, mm. a, a, a you know, an, a, an unbiased umpire of mm. world affairs to then go from being an active participant in shaping opinions. You know, I find it really liberating. Um, both of you guys have known me a long time. And, and I think our listeners and Robert, who just called in, I'm very much myself. You know, I've always sort of believed. And even when I was. Uh, you know, um, solely doing even just TV. I was always very much myself um, and always do did a lot of unscripted shows or where it was, you know, where maybe the lead in would be there, but the rest would be open and you could have some interjection. But I do find it extremely liberating radio, the intimacy of radio. I love the one on one experience. I learn so much from our listeners. We have, mm-hmm. I think, the best listeners in the world. No I really do. And I learn. And so to me, that one on one exchange is, is neat. At first, you're right. At first, you're sort of, you know, you're used to doing sort of the news perspective. Um, and I think at first it was like, Oh, wait a minute. And then I was like, you know, heck, I'm, I, there was some topic I can't remember. And I was like, I can't hold back any longer. I'm going to say what I think. And now it's like every day I feel like I like, you know, I, I get behind the car and I'm ready to take off, you know, like a rocket ship. Um, but I find it really liberating and really fun. And I just think there are some things as we were talking about Russia before, um, and what's happening with the invasion on Ukraine to me, you know, sometimes, yeah, there are things where there are both sides, but when you see good and evil, to me, there's really only one side to be on. Uh, Dominic, what about you? Did you sort of have to retrain your natural instincts a bit? Absolutely. It has been an extremely difficult process for me, and it's an ongoing process. For many, many years, I have been taught from school to the job had that you frame the news, you cover the news, but you don't give your opinion. That's what I was taught. And so then I come here to WABC and they're like, no, 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 no. You got to give your opinion. And I'm like, my opinion? It's almost like you can see my skirt, you know, (laughs) something like that. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And so, for example, here's a good example. So a great listener 
uh, reached out to me on Twitter and he says, Dominic, it sounds like you are a um, supporter of Biden. Why won't you just say it publicly? Right. And so this is a learning process for me. So the caller evidently or the person on Twitter was not aware of past shows I've done where I've been highly critical of Biden. And I'm under the assumption that everybody knows that, but they don't. People only know what have you done lately. So to answer your question directly, it's an ongoing process for me of giving my opinion. And I I can't even fake it. It was a very, very difficult process. Uh, Let me go back to the local scene with the governor's race for a second. Governor Andrew Cuomo is looking a lot like a guy that wants to mount a political comeback. He's running ads all over television. He's given a number of speeches, spoke at Ruben Diaz Jr.'s uh, Seniors Church in the Bronx. He is has campaign mottos ready, like cancel, cancel culture. He's speaking out. He's tweeting on different issues. But uh, obviously he's got a calendar to deal with. Democratic petitions have to be filed by April 10th. At this point, do you think Andrew Cuomo is going to run? and? How do you see a race with Cuomo versus Hochul, Williams, and Swazi shaping up? I have two words, Mary and Barry. Mm. So the answer is yes. And Mary and Barry, as you guys know, was the mayor in Washington, D.C. Um, he got caught with uh, a lady of the evening. <laughs> while <laughs> with, smoking crack. Right, right, while smoking crack. And you would say this guy would never get elected again. You know, I mean, it was like all on videotape. Remember, the blank set me up. It was that famous, you know, that whole thing. And I remember, you know, I remember people saying, oh, he's going to run again. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I was like, wait a minute. This would there's no way. Sure enough, he runs and he wins again. And I remember interviewing people at the time. And I've interviewed Marion Barry. I, I knew him when I was in Washington, when I covered White House and Capitol Hill for Fox News. And I remember asking people, why did you pick him? And they were like, well, because he came to my yard. He came to my school. He came to my community. And I didn't really care about any of this other stuff. I, it was really amazing how they compartmentalized. So to answer your question, Frank, about Cuomo, I think my gut is listening to him and hearing him and his speech, as he recently did at Ruben Diaz's church, senior church, and the other one, he spoke at another church, you know, soon before that. He says, these people were out to get me. I was all set up. Um, the charges didn't go through. Um, of course, if you talk to the DAs, there were other reasons for it. But he says the charges didn't go through. He is sounding like a man who's on a mission. He has all this money in his war chest. It's like, what does he have to lose in his mind? And he's already heard all the smears and all the comments in his mind. Um, and he, I think, is going to go forward. And I think he sees Kathy Hochul, vulnerable, very different personalities. He's a very, uh, you know, boisterous speaker. Right now, you know, she's a little more low key. That's why I think in part she's trying to do the bail reform. He's saying he owns like fixing, cleaning the streets, even though he was one of the people who helped, you know, basically craft the bail reform and the sexual harassment, uh, you know, new legislation and all that, too, ironically. But he's trying to say, put all this aside. I'm going to fix New York and I'm the speaker. I'm the person who can galvanize. I think he's going to do it, Frank. My gut tells me you don't know, but. I think he's got money and I think he's got ambition to come back. Is that the best case scenario for the Republicans running the return of Andrew Cuomo? Yeah, I think so. But I also think, you know, Kathy Hochul, you can't rule that out because, yes, she has, um, you know, turned the corner a little bit on bail reform. But you can already see, you know, and you already see them all over the place from Andrew Giuliani and from Lee Zeldin and others saying, you know, I'm the ones who are tough on crime. I'm the ones who are this. I think almost any Democrat is going to get hammered big time. This is, uh, I think, a Republican's haven, if you will, because crime is sadly so bad in New York. We all see it every day on the streets. Um, you know, people are worried. Inflation. There's so many issues right now that I think, you know, on the local level, on the national level, they can go after. But you know, he's trying to kind of reinvent himself and do the Marion Barry. Put that all aside. <laughs> what do you think, Dominic? The Andrew Cuomo that I've known a very long time. If you think that he's going to let the narrative sit the way it is currently, that's not going to happen. Um, what's against him is the timetable of early April, April for petitions. So I don't I believe with all my heart he's going to run. It's about vindication. 
he, in my opinion, wants to take Kathy Hoku out, the Andrew Cuomo, and I haven't talked to him lately. He probably feels, knowing the Cuomo that I know, that she's been disloyal in the way that she's acted uh, since she took over. And uh, and I, I don't know how he could govern because the Cuomo that everyone was afraid of, those days are gone. Mm-hmm. So if he's elected, he can't come in as the 800-pound gorilla because, frankly, if he's elected, people are going to laugh at him. Right. He doesn't have the media darling status that he did during COVID. Right. Right. He doesn't have the, you know, the partnership in the legislature that he did. Right. He has an adversarial controller and attorney general. Right. I, I, you, all good points. Uh, we'll, we'll take your calls in just a minute. 800-848-WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Frank Morano here with Dominic Carter and Rita Cosby until one o'clock. Straight ahead. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is a real treat, sitting between a dancing Dominic Carter and Rita Cosby. And yes, I'm awake. Usually I'm asleep when uh, I'm standing between the two of you guys dancing. Um, this is The Other Side of Midnight. Dominic Carter and Rita Cosby here with me, Frank Morano. We are on till 2 o'clock. I mistakenly said 1 o'clock earlier. Uh, taking your calls at 800-848-9222 if you want to weigh in on any of the subjects that we've touched upon thus far. John is in Brooklyn. Hello, John. Hello, sir. Uh you know, my school, my, I'm, a, I'm a little older than you guys. John, why, why do you call in as Peter in the village and Peter in Manhattan elsewhere and then as John in Brooklyn today? That's my last name. I see. But but we never, na- we don't let you, we don't not let you through as Peter. Right, why did you me, feel the need to? Make my point. I'm not being right. offensive anything. Yeah. When I was a kid in school, my white teachers used to tell us that the public owned the airways. We give the government the right to lease it to companies. My question is to your most formidable staff. Why are there no blacks calling or involved with the station? What, why? I think there why are. are there not, why is there never a number of black callers on this station? Well, it's not true. I mean, it I, is I, true. Well, I, I, I don't check the race of well, every caller that we take. I think you should look at your ratings. I think you should look at your ratings. I am. Everybody's listening. Okay, that's the one I thing that's bringing say, people together. Dominic, you're a one-shot pony. That's so the, the real reason why he didn't every, identify wait, himself. Wait, because when he, because when he, because when he, because I'm going to let you finish. It's not no, my no. show. It's not my Please, show. It's ahead. Frank's show. But he he calls and, and says I'm a one-shot pony and that, you know, I only talk. See, this is the problem in the black community, to be honest with you. Because nobody wants you to say anything about the problem. You know, it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's a problem that's unique to the black community. Rita, I don't know if you've noticed the sort of tribalism that's taken hold in America. It seems like you can't deviate one centimeter from whatever people perceive your ideology or your group to be without being just hammered, not by the other side, but by your own side. Oh, yeah. And also, what about families like who can't get together oh, yeah. at Thanksgiving or Christmas because they're on different sides of the political spectrum? I, I just want to say one thing about my colleague and friend, um, Dominic Carter, um, and especially to John or Peter or whatever your name is. Um, first off, um, Dominic is one of the most fair, decent broadcasters, I think, Thank out you. there. It's so true. And we have callers I know onto my show, I know to your show and, and your show, Frank, we have, I don't ask what color no. or creed or whatever. And in fact, I welcome, and I know you do, Dom, and I knew you too, Frank, all opinions. And that's why I think is part of our success that we like to hear from everybody and we learn from everybody. Um, but to me, that's an outrageous comment. And Dominic's one of the best agree. out there. And, and I, I just want to deal with it as well. One, the three of us, um, everyone on the station, we take calls in as they come in, mm-hmm. right? And so I welcome calls from from every community, every community. There's only one person that I will not ever take his phone call because of, of, of things that have happened. But 
any caller, you know, whether you want to argue black, Latino, white, whatever the issue may be, whether you're for Biden, whether you're against Biden, whether you love Trump, whether you hate Trump, we all take the calls. And so and and as far as diversity, right, it, and I've said this a million and one times, it's a new day at WABC in terms of you walk around here. And this radio station, thanks to John Katsimatidis, Margot Katsimatidis, looks like the city that it serves on any given shift. So here's something that I laugh about, right, that, I never, that I've never talked about. On Friday nights, right, people say, oh, sometimes they'll call me up, oh, Dominic, no blacks on WABC. On Friday nights when I'm on, it's an all-black crew. Mm. I laugh. Because people, you know, basically there are others, but on Friday nights, most of the times we have a black engineer, mm-hmm. at least on my show, and we have a black call screener. And we don't go on the air and brag about that, but it, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, Philippe, just to be careful, no more black callers for the rest of the show. 800-848-WABC. Pete on Staten Island. Hello. Hey, how are you? My three favorite people. Frank, Rita, and Dominic. Is that who again? I'm going. I'm going for the trifecta. I spoke to the two of you tonight. I had the pleasure, and of course to my friend Frank, my fellow Staten Islander. So, how's everybody doing tonight? We're doing great. Now that we're hearing from one of our favorites, Pete. That's awesome. What's on your mind, Pete? Uh, nothing. You know, no. I. Uh, I'm glad you called. Then. Show. Yeah, well, you know, I'm seeing a little improvement. Now. I'm over here on Jersey Street, and a little bit of. Uh, crazy neighborhood, and I'm seeing a little improvement. I saw a nice bust of a couple of guns today down on Jersey Street. So there is a little improvement going on here, but there's a lot more guns out here because all these people out here, they have guns, and nobody messes with them because they know they all have guns. Well, now, I mean, I'm not the answer, but uh, it works. Well, yeah, I don't recommend that as a crime reduction strategy, is arming everybody. Uh, Eric Adams, in fact, the mayor, has released his new anti-gun unit, similar to the anti-crime unit that Mayor de Blasio did away with. He went to Chicago this week to meet with the mayor there, Lori Lightfoot. This is what he said about meeting with Chicago's mayor. This is not touchy-feely and saying, uh, let's ignore the crime that we're facing. No, we're saying the way you deal with crime is to prevent crime while you're dealing with what's taking place right now. And it's a, it's an entirely new way of thinking about public safety. Do you think the fact that Eric Adams is going all over the country so early in his tenure shows that he has some national ambitions? And what did you make of the fact that of all the cities that he would visit, he would visit Chicago, which is not exactly known as a bastion of you know, public safety. Yeah, that's true. Well, he was in Washington not that long ago, too. So he's continuing that pattern of of cities that have had a lot of crime issues. But um, I think, look, I think, yes, I would not be surprised to see him looking at the next level, uh, maybe after his tenure, this tenure. Already he's gotten national exposure. I mean, he's gotten so much incredible exposure from a volume perspective and all the media right after he was elected, all the national shows and all the local shows. Um, and, and I think let's see though what he can do too. Um, he's got a tough balancing act because He's saying, yes, I want to do this. He's bringing back the anti-gun unit, despite Black Lives Matter, who has not been happy. And a number of other groups haven't been happy with necessarily some of the things he's done. Um, he's talked about changing bail reform, or at least having an impact, but then yet isn't in the position to really do it, to change Alvin Bragg. It's Alvin Bragg. So he's, let's see, he's trying to sort of thread the needle. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see him running for something else down the road. And you're right, Lori Lightfoot is not necessarily, you know, talking about crime. I hope it can have an impact in both of our city and also in Chicago, that visit. But we'll see. What do you think, Dominic, of this trip to Chicago? And it does seem that Mayor Adams has sort of enjoyed sort of uh, uh, poking the cage of the left wing in the city. He uh, basically um, snickered at their objections to his appointing three people, three pastors that were the anti-gay. Uh, he had no problem uh, taking issue with, uh, a, you know, the the arguments in favor of bail reform. He's been very, very vocal criticizing the left uh, and saying that uh, and specifically calling out the AOC wing of the party. 
that's that's been a good thing, but the jury is still out on Eric Adams. And frankly, the time uh, of talking, Mr. Mayor, that that's about up. We we want to see answers. Um, no more press conferences. You know. Uh, especially no more press conferences talking about mine and my city and my police department and knowing the mayor, if he's listening right now, that means he's going to do it again just to defy what I just said. But um, the the jury's out. I'm wondering if you think his sort of uh, tussling with the legislature over crime could make it more difficult for him to get an extension of mayoral control of public schools. Possible possible he's doing the right thing taking on albany you 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 can't deny that he's not going to be successful but he's doing the right thing taking on albany it's certainly going to be interesting 800-848-WABC john is calling from brooklyn hello john hello rita especially i love you Uh, i mean i love the three of you but, but you love you love me more, right? Divided. We don't blame you, John. We don't blame you. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my loyalties are divided because I listen to uh, another radio talk show host who has my first name on another station. So I How dare you? hear you all the time, Rita. But I was wondering, and uh, I, I had already mentioned this to Dominic last hour, that uh, surprisingly the Ukrainians are coming back. They are starting to push the Russians back. They have already taken taken over a suburb of Kiev that the Russians had seized. I was interested in your comments. And and uh, Frank, when you in, interview BB, I hope you ask him about this too. I'm, I'm interested. I certainly in will. I certainly will. Thank you, John. Uh, any reaction? The Ukrainians seem to be doing pretty well. The, their forces claim that they retook this key. Uh, Kiev suburb. Uh, yep. I mean, but uh, don't you think it's a function of prolonging the inevitable? Or do you think they can actually beat back this Russian invasion? I think, um, well, John was talking about the suburb that's 60 miles west. It's a port city mm-hmm. and it's a key area. So that is a big deal that they took it back. And anytime they take back a city and they haven't surrendered Mariupol, which is amazing, which is getting bombed like to hog heaven. Um, you know, the Russians keep saying, hey, surrender. They're pounding. They're literally pounding, John, a hundred bombs a day in Mariupol, this pound, this port city. Um, it's incredible. And I'm not sure if it is the inevitable. Really? You know, okay. I would have said early on that, you know, they're just going to get slaughtered, that no matter how much will and courage and, and I've been in awe of them and, and I'm amazed with Zelensky. Um, but they were so outmanned and so outgunned by the Russians. But the Russians, as we were talking about earlier, have not really stood up to the test of time, to the legend of this amazing military might. Um, the U.S. has been finally kind of getting their butt in gear and getting the weaponry, um, as are other European countries. And I actually think this may be a it's a prolonged fight. I don't see a quick solution unless something big breakthrough happens again that saves face. But I think there is a chance if they get the military might, you guys. And to John's point, um, they are now finally getting some of the weaponry from the U.S. Um, one of the key things are getting air defense. They're not saying even on the no fly. I think they know that right now they're not going to get the no fly zone. But they're like, give us the MiGs. And Poland has offered to give them the MiGs. They wanted it to go through U.S. because they didn't want Putin to suddenly go after Poland. But if we can get them, I think, the weaponry that they themselves can control so they can control the skies and shoot down with these S-300s. They're like patriots. Basically, they're Soviet-style patriots. Slovakia wants to offer it to them, and they probably will do very soon, and U.S. too will help somehow get this through to them. If they can do that, they may have a real fighting Mm. chance. Any, Any reaction to that, Dominic? Anything you want to add? I I just don't see the scenario, Rita. Maybe I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, and, where, I, and I hope where, I'm right. <laughs> where, where the U.S. is going to back any weapons directly, indirectly to Ukraine. Well, they're already doing that, like some of the stuff, not the MiGs, obviously. Right. But if they would maybe after this meeting, I'm wondering, Dom, if after this meeting with NATO, then maybe the decision is we're not going to give them the MiGs, but somehow we'll allow and really encourage Poland to or somehow really because they've sort of said, Poland, you can do it alone because they, you know, Pol- but Poland's don't want to take 
the the throwback from Putin being the only ones going after. But maybe there's some negotiated way to help get them the hardware because it has been incredibly gutsy, as John was talking about. 800-848-WABC. Go ahead, Dominic, before we no, get No, no, I, I was just going to say that we'll see what happens. We're all hoping and praying for for Ukraine, and, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Lamar is in Manhattan. Hello, Lamar. Uh, good evening, Frank. I don't know if you recall, but I tried to uh, speak with one of your guests the other night, uh, Colonel Wilkerson. Uh, Ms. Rhea has also had on military men who are now currently media analysts. I would just like to say that uh, the uh, opinions and assessments of all these honor graduates of the War College and the CGSC notwithstanding, and the uh, current lack of elan in the fighting order of the Russian ground forces notwithstanding, the Russian Federation is not to be taken lightly. And Vladimir Putin is clearly not a man to be trifled with. I would like to remind everyone that there is no greater blessing than peace and no greater folly than entering into war lightly. The nuclear arsenal of the Russian so, Lamar, Federation is... what is the public yes, policy implication of what you're saying? I think we're all for peace. We're all against war. We all recognize mm-hmm. that Putin's not somebody to be trifled with. But so what? I mean, now that we all agree on that, where do we go from there? Well, where we go from there is to the United States, where we have a high command that is composed of officers of flag rank, three- and four-star generals who are less concerned with the fighting readiness of our soldiery than they are with the introduction into the ranks of the elite corps, men so-called with female aspirations. This is not the time for this country to even contemplate committing its forces into a confrontation with the Russian Federation. All right, thank you, Lamar, and my uh, compliments on a wonderful Manhattan accent. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like Bronx. Uh, Let me go to another (laughs) Lamar, this time in the Bronx. Hello, Lamar. Okay. (laughs) Good morning, Professor Morano. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Professor. Okay. It's an honorary title. Okay. Yes, you deserve it. You deserve it. Congratulations. Okay, you know, on the ratings aspect, okay, to all three of you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome, reader. Okay. Yeah, um, Professor, look, did you come up with anything? Okay. Unsolved Mysteries. Dad show. I gave that to you the other night. Yeah, it's on the list. It's on the list. Thank you, Lamar. Uh, let me try and squeeze in one more call. Can I before. make an unsolved mystery? Please, yes. Where was the first Lamar from? That's an unsolved uh, you mystery. Know, <laughs> you know, you don't really appreciate Molly until she's gone. And we had sent this somebody else screening calls. <laughs> Larry's in Brooklyn. Hello, Larry. Okay, Rita, by the way, that wasn't my snoring earlier. It was a dial tug. I, um, I, I forgive you, Larry. I went to Larry during my hour, and Larry, you are always on it. That's why I was trying to figure out. I was like, what's Larry doing? Yeah, so and what I want to say quickly is that the, the Biden is putting us all on. Instead of giggling, uh, it's time – instead of Kamala giggling abroad, it's time for the 25th Amendment. I think that's why they're sending her out of the country. You see, Biden will not do what you just said before and, and, and consent to do anything, give the MIGs. Because he doesn't, his brain is so calcified, he can't think. He doesn't want to move to a new point, a new perspective of decision. He doesn't want to have to make a new vision. So, Larry, you think the cabinet, the cabinet is going to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment and install Kamala Harris as president? Um. Oh, I see. That's the option. I I, I, right. forgot, I forgot about that. That's, that's true. Well, I mean, it's not as if they can install Donald Trump. He's not vice president. Larry, I have to end it there. Thank you for the call, Rita. Dominic, thank you both. This hour has flown by. It has. I hope we can do this again soon. I agree. Absolutely. It was fantastic. And take good care of your voice. You are doing awesome. Thank you. Fingers crossed. Hear uh, Rita Cosby every night from 10 p.m. to midnight. This week, you could also hear her Thursday at noon with this special Ukraine panel. And hear Dominic every morning at midnight. And here's to, I know you got to go, here's to all three of us staying number one AM or FM in New York. Amen. Uh, until Amen. next hour, your influence counts, so use it.